why has there been Zoom bombs? Well, you remember the last meeting? Yeah. Just that one. I was just, you know. Oh, yeah. All right, well, let's say hello to everyone. Is anyone new here? No, no probably not, because I've only been letting in people that I know. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let two people in now that I... Uh, let, me, let me mute all, too. I'm going to mute all right now. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Oh, you're still muted. All right. Okay. Well, good. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see everyone. Yeah. I'm just checking everyone out. Yes, so this is the regular meeting we have on the topic of duality, really. Well, let's call it non-duality, which we hold two of them a week, Wednesday night and Saturday, and then two a week on uh, recovery, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, the message, this message has a different direction. We're not going to describe what we are. You know, all there is is consciousness or where the empty brilliance uh where, you know, because I, I, my own experience with coming to satsangs, it doesn't really work. I think the only way that really works is a way that's directed in negation. So it's negating, there's a negation of assume and a, an assumed fact, and then the fact of non-duality becomes obvious. Yeah. As soon as the, but to make, the fact of non-duality obvious to the assumed fact I don't feel works well. Yeah, I just don't. And the assumed fact is that it's that there's a you who's long lasting, independent and separate and is a cause of a lot of stuff that it has nothing really to do with. So this assumed fact seems to block us off from the fact. So to talk about the fact to the assumed fact actually doesn't work because the assumed fact just collects these these facts about what it is and holds them as concepts as what it's not yeah it just doesn't go anywhere you got it you must have had the experience yourself you're wondering why if the message is so simple why aren't you getting it yeah well that's why yeah if i am that why am i still looking for it that's why yeah uh, if this power is everywhere and I'm of this power, why am I not running into it, so to speak? Because of that, yeah? So there's an assumed fact, and uh, Ram and I feel, I'm going to obviously take liberty with a statement from Ramana's teachings, but he says that one of the biggest uh, conceptions is this presupposing of this non-existent thing to be what to be existing yeah so that which is the, the existence of all existence is now assumed to be an imaginary idea yeah that's simple yeah so when you feel the everywhere always existence you think it implies you paul <laughs> so there's a claiming of what we are and it's being used to imply what we're not. 
Yeah, it's basically really its main source of referral because what you are is always available at all times. So if what you're not can use it to infer itself, it's a pretty good touchstone, so to speak, yes? So this, this presupposing, and the word pre is in there, which I thought was really cool, whoever translated it from uh, Hindu, because the pre means before, it means it's of time, yeah? So in this moment of time, there's something that's supposed to be before this moment of time. Yeah. So in this moment of time, there's a presupposing that there's something before this moment that was in the last moment that's going to be in a future moment and therefore is in this moment now, you see. So the presupposing of the assumed fact and then that now is seen as the fact and then that fact gets led to wanting to get salvation for all these things that are driving it crazy, not seeing it's the source of the driving crazy. It wants to get salvation for the assumed fact. And now it's looking through spirituality as one way of seeking salvation, not from the assumed fact, but for the assumed fact. Yeah. And so Ramana says, if this is the case, and again, I'm taking liberty with it, just to riff on it, but the next statement is, if this is going on, and he's pretty damn confident that it is, doesn't mean it's happening, but it's going on. Yes? The selfing is going on. What the selfing implies actually never happens. It just implies it already is so. Yeah? So you don't ever become a self. You always are a self. Yeah? <laughs> you were a self. And you're going to be yourself. So if this is going on, then your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing this non-existent thing. How can they, the spiritual practices, destroy it? Yeah. Now, the way the assumed fact sees spiritual practices, it could see Spiritual practices are destroying what it would call an ego, yes? But an ego is pretty trippy because there's something before the ego that says it has it or loses it, yeah? Now, what is that but other than the presupposed non-existent thing? <laughs> so the non-existent thing isn't the ego. Yeah, it isn't. The non-existent thing is that sense of being the one who has an ego or lost an ego yeah you see the difference it's hugely different yeah so the presupposed non-existent thing now is in a position of being before a recognition or an understanding of a concept called ego and it will proclaim i have an ego and then it also will proclaim i've lost the ego yeah that's what we're talking about that we're not talking about ego, we're talking about that sense that's there when you think you have an ego or when you feel you've lost an ego. There's still the sense of Paul. <laughs> because the sense of I am is always there. So Paul, being, being what's inferred by the claiming of the I am, Paul seems to be always there. Yeah? 
So when shit leaves, Paul's there. When shit comes, it's there to to greet it, yes? So Paul, this long-lasting, independent, separate, imaginary assumption now becomes a foregone conclusion, yeah? So we live from there, and we pursue everything from that assumption. So we don't want to get salvation from it, because that would mean you're in salvation right now, because it doesn't exist. We want to get salvation for it, because that's going to take a whole lot of freaking time. You know, that thing, we probably have to be purified. <laughs> and tons of other requirements. So now you found the greatest reflective mechanism of constant referral to self is the getting out of it. <laughs> You'll be the knower of God until the one final point where you finally arrive at knowing God. But most of the time will be about the knower of God, which is this assumed fact. Yes? Because if you're not the assumed fact, you're going to find out you are God in a way. Or let's say you are. It doesn't, whatever comes after, you know, you are that, you are, but you are. Yeah. That's what you're going to find out, <laughs> that you're always available at all times with absolutely no requirement necessary <laughs> for what you are to become available to what you are. <laughs> There's a lot of requirements when you are attempting to make it available to what you're not. <laughs> Let's say controlled environment, a hot, we call it the upper middle and not the middle way, the upper way, the upper middle way, really nice retreat centers, three weeks of sumptuous vegan meals, three times a day, maybe sitting on your ass for six hours, seven hours doing walking meditation. Maybe in that, in that controlled environment, you may tell yourself that you've contacted being yes <laughs> but usually it's very very dependent on the outside circumstances and once you leave the retreat the same old same old seems to regroup and basically you have a story that you were at a retreat yeah <laughs> has us bound to this idea of self seeking liberation seeking fucking addiction it's the same same yeah so if you don't notice it you're going to be looking from it obviously i don't care how clear you think you are if you're not clear about that that clearing that clarity is being misdirected it is yeah because This is how it dawned with me. When it hit me, it told me, without seeing this act, these activities from what you are, you're going to be looking from these activities. And these activities are going to drive you to use what you are to look for what you are, all the while with a narration about what you're not. Yeah? Never realizing it, ever. 
I mean, one of the simplest diagnoses that is lost on so many of us comes from recovery, which is self can't get out of self. What is that? Five words. Self can't get out of self. Six. Six words, but an incredible description of a very, very, very reoccurring activity. Yeah? Appearing as different things, but with the same theme, Paul, a.k.a. self, trying to get out of self. Yeah. Now, what is it? Are we trying to get into spirituality or are we, are, are we really trying to get out of self? I would say it's the latter, really. We're trying to get out of self. Fucking drugs didn't work. Yeah. Lots, maybe lots of money hasn't worked. Travel all around the world. Pagan ceremonies all these things, so then you end up on a spiritual block, and then you try Buddhism, and then something else, and usually none of them seem to work, so then you start synthesizing. You take a little bit of Buddhism, attach it to Kabbalah, then throw some mystical shit in there, shamanism now, throw some medicine, have ceremonies, and on and on and on and on and on, yeah? Yet that sense of self is never touched by it all. Yeah, it just migrates to everything you do and the narration continues, yeah? Maybe there's a change of clothing, change of scenery. Maybe your eyes get a little brighter, you wear looser clothes, but basically it's the same same, yeah? What's that supposed to show us? It's failed, yeah? Why is it failed? Not because you haven't done enough or you're not worthy or this and that. It's meant to fail. It's meant to fail so that these, these activities can, you can see the failureness of it and then they stop and yet you continue, yeah? And then the horse is in front of the cart. You see it finally. Yeah. It's just, you just feel it, feel and see it. Yeah. And there's no going back. You just recognize something. And uh, you don't go back and go on the same trail over and over again. You keep moving. Yeah. You're over. It's over. You've realized you can't be out of a moment completely. You've realized you can't be in self. <laughs> there would have to be two of no things, two no things, two, two assumed facts. The fact, the assumed fact of self and then the, the assumed fact that you're in it or out of it. Yeah. They're both bogus. So you're left with, you're always there. <laughs> you're always here. What's the fucking rush? <laughs> You know what I mean? I want it to stabilize. The only thing that wants stabilization is what's unstable. I'm telling you. Stabilization doesn't care how it's seen. It doesn't give a shit. It's what's unstable desires its opposite. I want stability. Well, like a simple statement out of a great uh, piece of old Zen called Faith Mind, one of the translations of this one sentence was, you cannot use activity to produce stillness. 
that would be activity. Yeah. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You could use anything else to seek the Buddha. You could, but you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. And therefore, so why is he saying that to me? Well, because you're the Buddha. <laughs> if you were anything else, the character wouldn't have brought it up at the talk. He would have said, hey, you've used a lot of things, but no. He would never have said, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha, Paul, because he wasn't seeing Paul, he was seeing the Buddha. Yeah. So the Buddha taking itself to be Paul was looking for the Buddha. Now, Paul was part and parcel of a great story about how noble Paul was to use Buddhism to seek the Buddha. But in fact, it was Buddha yeah, being used to look for Buddha. So it's a beautiful warning. It's a disarming warning. When you get caught, it doesn't, you don't, it doesn't move you to keep continuing. There's a stop, yeah? You just, okay, wait a minute. You got me. <laughs> That's, I'm guilty. I was using Buddha to seek the Buddha. Now what? Well, you'll find out, yeah? And if you feel like it's Steve using the Buddha and or Buddhism far out, go in, go for it. This isn't, you can't lose here. Missing non-duality isn't, you're, is, you're not going to get penalty points. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah? Nothing can, nothing that's happening in this dreaming can change the fact of what's so. Yeah? Including you. So I hope you have a great life, whatever way, maybe no way. Yeah? But if you're feeling like incredibly possessed or you can't even seem to be in this day called Saturday because your head and the attention in it is so occupied by what's not happening, well, maybe this is a solution for you. Because the whole premise of all that isn't really based on what's happening. It's based on you, a you that you're not, yeah? So if you took the you out of that whole machinery and then you, you saw... The rest of the machinery, machinery was affected by that one removal of that imaginary cog. You're on to something, yes? You found the first knot, yeah? You did. It got loosened. You saw the relief going through all the rest of the knots. You're on to something, yeah? So instead of going, you know, what does it mean that I'm worrying about next week? What's ask? Who is it that's worrying about next week? If it isn't you, there'll be a loss of interest in the worrying about next week. There will be, yeah? There can't be a solution to it <laughs> in a weird way <laughs> because the head's going to worry about next week and it's going to reminisce about last week, yeah? Because that's the programming. And the programming... Like, you know, Einstein, tons of people said it. You know, that which is producing the problem cannot be the source of the solution, so to speak. Yeah, you can't, you can't get a solution to the problem of the system by through the system. It doesn't work. Yeah, so that's the whole point. All right.
You want to uh, start, Mike? Anybody want to raise their hand? Lorraine Salerno. Yes. Yeah. Uh, asking her to unmute. There you go. Okay. Oh, um, hi everybody. Hi, Paul. Um, I'm listening to you. I've been listening to you, you know, for a while and listening to a lot of other people too. Um, and um, my whole life has been about doing retreats and looking for myself, okay? Looking for, you know, peace. And I mean, I spent all kinds of money that I didn't have. It was like an addiction, you know? Yes. Uh, Go on a retreat and someday you'll find, you know, maybe this time you'll find out who you are. And um, I mean, I never did find out anything. You know, I learned some things, you know, but, uh, you know, I when I listen to you, I hear what you're saying, you know, and I'm like, that's right, that's right. But this, I, I, I feel like I... I can't, or I don't, or I won't, I don't know, access that place where there's no self. There's like always a self. Well, then just try to go to cheaper retreats. So at least you don't <laughs> spend too much money. Seriously. It's going to, it's, I mean, it's not, not really about them. Drive in or you're back in, it doesn't matter. So you're going to get sick and tired of this whole thing. And then well, what I'm you, already, I'm already well, maybe not sufficient. sufficiently yet. You may have to need to pile some more shit on, but it's going to collapse and, and then it's going to turn and it's, it's not a big change. It's just a little tweak. And then you see it in a different light. Yeah. I know if you could, you know, have a, a certain amount of time when that effect could be produced by this certain, let's say, posture that would be great but it doesn't seem to be the case so some people it may you know the roof may collapse after five fucking things some 30 things yes it's not the strength of the of the roof it's our belief yeah or whatever the belief that's having you and it's got to be worn down a little bit so yeah and so those retreats actually have served you because they tell you that nothing ever really changes. Yeah, that's right. So there's value there. I mean, I would have liked to have just read it instead of spending a lot of money on it. But hey, you got to the you got to the point, and so hallelujah. Now, and remember that which is talking about that there's never gonna be a, uh, there's never gonna be uh, not a self is selfing. That's what we're pointing out. Yeah. It's, it's like Dracula is talking about <laughs> there'll never be another vampire. You know, it's just, he is the vampire. So, yeah, you know what I mean? So, so the selfing goes on anyway. Yes, of course. The selfing has nothing to do with you. It's, 
as long as there's a body and this sense of individuality, there's yeah. going to be the selfing. It's a program. Yeah. If you hit your head sufficiently, it will stop, which I, which has happened to me physically. It has. When I got a concussion, it stopped. The brain stopped selfing for a minute or two, literally. Yeah. It's not you. <laughs> Well, That's I'm just the gonna, point. I guess I'm just going to keep listening, you know. Well, or not, honey. But one thing, if I could possibly share this with you. This is the last topic to take self seriously. Yeah. Just try to, you know, be, attempt to be as nice as you can to yourself and to others. And maybe look into doing service. You know, that will bring you out of this thing more than these retreats, probably. So doing service, you know, instead of going to a retreat, maybe do service at the retreat. Oh, well, I'm yeah. kind of done with the retreats. All right. Well, just find yeah. you can do service, which is sort of because sometimes you don't know, you would think certain things wouldn't promote the tightening of the mental orbit, but it's not true. Sometimes retreats really pull the attention into you, where service will pull it out of that orbit. And then you'll get a feeling that you were probably looking to get through the retreat. You'll get it through the act of service. You will. You'll be relieved of Lorraine for a little while because you'll be, you'll be concerned about Mary and Paul and Sue. I'm not talking about people you're familiar with, strangers to do service, because there's too many bonding patterns with familiar people. But to go out there and go to a soup kitchen or bring some clothing to a church, yeah, you will feel what you're probably wanting to feel at a retreat. You'll feel it probably much more available through service. Mm. Yeah, because if you can't entertain the possibility of not being a Lorraine, you want to lessen the load of Lorraine and service will do that better than uh, close investigation of everything but Lorraine. So it might as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So like people in recovery, I would recommend the idea of surrender to them than to start investigating too much. Yeah. Just to realize they're not, not managerial quality and get a sense of thy will not will be done, but is done through observation. They'll see something's working and doing for them what they couldn't do for themselves. That's a direct path, let's say, with recovery, surrender, yes. So some people, where they're at, they're not really suited for the message of non-duality yet. And that's fine. You just, you'll, you'll probably grow into it instead of trying to force yourself into a uniform of non-duality, do what other things and you'll grow into the idea or the spirit of non-duality. Yeah. Which will cause a loosening, even though you may have another uniform, it'll loosen. You'll feel, yeah, you'll wear it. You'll wear it loosely, so to speak. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I find a lot of, you know, when I was first doing talks out of uh, recovery and then I made a little s switch to spiritual addiction, I started speaking at spiritual groups and I was speaking in Toronto and a man came who was very, 
he was in a big hurry of getting to non-duality. You know, he read a lot of, he was reading tons of books and listening to shit like that. And he was probably at another satsang on the, by this guy, Paul. He must have been at many, many more. And I told him at the break, hey, you should just go fucking to a soup kitchen and help somebody. Don't come back for the afternoon thing. It's not serving you. Yeah. You're getting too many ideas and too many takes and you don't, you're not getting anything out of it, really. Non-duality is not, it's best not to be served in a smorgasbord or a buffet way. It's not. It's more like an aperitif. It's a certain possibility. It's not like, oh, there's ham, then there's, you know, Buddhist salami, and there's non-duality. I don't feel it works that well. And so when you hear it from a lot of people, you're not hearing fucking anything, really. I feel it's going to be too much, yeah? Because I have people come here, and then they start trying to, well, someone else says this. I don't want to get into that someone else. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but... uh. Well, I actually went a little bit backwards. I started going to Al-Anon meetings and I, I started to look at the fact that I was, you know, my addiction was fixing myself, you know? Yeah, there you go. Yes. So that's helped me. I kind of went into a recovery thing, you know, that way there. And, you know, I help out whenever I can there, but I know what you're saying. That has yeah, been- you may get more out of that recovery mode than it will this non-duality thing. Yeah, yeah. It's too heady. It's too heady for me anyway. Well, yeah, and you have you don't want to have thirty takes on a fact. Yeah. You know, one take will can be sufficient because the fact is a fact. Yeah. When you all have all these different views of a fact, you're muddying the fact, so to speak. Yeah. And it's not somewhere you're going to get or you're going to get. It's a fact. It's a fact that there's not two of us. Yeah. There's not Lorraine and there's not the crazy Lorraine that goes to all these retreats. And then the sounder Lorraine that's critiquing the crazy Lorraine. You're neither of them. There's no one here. Yeah. Yes. So, but sometimes you need a, you need relief from one or two of those Lorraines. And I would find service would be much, yeah, because uh, <laughs> no real, no Lorraine isn't going to bring much relief to the two, two Lorraines. Yeah, you need to, yeah, just, <laughs> just lose yourself by helping others in something. And it's not, it's just the action, you know? Anytime like I would end up at a like a ashram in when I went to India, I'd always end up in the kitchen, you know, <laughs> cleaning because I know I knew the value of service from recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't just hang out and go to every meeting. I did something there. Yeah, I put yeah, and I had so many great conversations washing the dishes with some other guy from Australia or something and had a nice camaraderie and a sense of belonging, which is healthy for the action figure, yeah? But I would always go with, go, uh, services uh, has an incredible batting average here. You're gonna lose interest in yourself for a certain point anyway, yeah? And then something changes when there's not so much interest in you. Who would have thunk, 
but you start getting a smell of something. You get to really get this, the sense of non-duality. Non-duality is, one of its effects here is a loss of interest in, in selfing, which is implying the self all day. That's what it is. When the, when the, the fact is entertained from the fact, it produces a loss of interest in the assumed fact. It does. That's what one, I, I see it pretty much, I feel confident to say it's pretty much a regular effect on people entertaining these ideas, yeah? They come about to the relief, not by a focused interest, but a loss of interest in some mental object called Lorraine or Paul, yeah? That's how it happens. And yet Lorraine can't lose interest in Lorraine. That would be interest in Lorraine, you see? <laughs> so no way out <laughs> that's the good news because it implies that you were never in you see that message can be heard and it could be a super drag or it could be hallelujah it's based on where you're hearing it from when I hear there's no way out that's hallelujah because I cannot possibly be in <laughs> So the out doesn't come from escaping the in. It comes from not being in the in. <laughs> That's the out. Yeah. They're, and that out is readily available at all times because it's based on not being in. The out based on escaping in is going to produce itself again. There's going to be another in and another out and another in. That's duality. That's what non-duality is negating. Yeah. The in and out ain't it, yeah, because see, there's Lorraine in, and then there's a little a, a, then when there's the sense of being out, there's a claiming that that's Lorraine out. Yeah. So Lorraine is the one that was in, and Lorraine is the one that's out. You bet that there's gonna be another Lorraine in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you weighed the time Lorraine out and Lorraine in, I would say maybe eighty twenty. It's not a good deal. <laughs> If the payoff isn't worth the cost, <laughs> you get 80% Lorraine screwed, 20% Lorraine not screwed. <laughs> That's a bad equation. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, service Lorraine, I feel. Just a suggestion, so yeah. yeah. And just, uh, and remember, what you are is not based on this pursuit. It isn't. It's a fact underlying everything. It's a fact, a fact. It's not, it's not a fact that, well, it is a fact, but it's not lit up until I, no, it's a fact. It's got its own battery, its own generator. It's lit up. Yeah. Yeah. So take that, let that weight of Lorraine having to arrive somewhere that to me there's an old story of the guy with the big thing on his head in India some guy ushers him to a train to take him to his destination yeah instead of him walking with this thing so he gets on the train and he keeps the fucking thing on his head so the friend has to say hey bro you're being delivered to your destination take the freaking thing off yeah, put it on. It, it ain't going anywhere. 
put it on the ground, you know? Yeah, this is the message. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> if something is so completely and only in time can it seem not to be so and time for all of us is finite yeah we're going to end yeah so let's say something is so and then for 80 years it appears not to be so yeah and then it ends yeah does it turn into something that's so? No, it was always so. There was just an appearance that didn't seem to be seeing that. Yeah, that's all. Nothing changed. The fact is, we're all awake. Yeah, not as Paul and Lorraine, but as what we are. And no matter how Lorraine or how long Pauling lasts, it's never changed that fact nor will it ever change that fact. I don't care how much shit you did. Nothing, uh, nothing of that, of what happens and what's not going on gets brought to what, <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have debits now when you, you go back to what's always so. You don't, yeah. you haven't picked up any marks in this little adventure. <laughs> this venture is, a, is an adventure of appearances and of seemingly so. So everything is appearing to be so to us. But we, as what we are, are the only reality there is. Yeah? So when something appears to be so, does that make it so? No. What makes it so, seemingly, is us believing it. Yeah? Yeah. That's called dreaming. And that's what's happening now. Yeah? Yeah. Did last night's dream change anything today for you? No. Probably not. Yeah. And let's say last night's dream was about a five-second gulp of water. That's all that you remember. Yes? And then the night before dream was a 300-year opus. You were like eight different princesses, never a, you know, shoemaker, but, you know, a princess or a courtesan and everything. And you, how long did it take you wake up for the, from the five-second dream? And how long did it take to wake up from the 300-year dream? Yeah, it's the same. There you go. Time only means a lot in time. It doesn't mean shit out of time. <laughs> I don't care how long it goes. It, it, it doesn't extend into no time. Yeah. <laughs> a 300 year dream doesn't take three months to wake up from it. It doesn't. You wake up just like you woke up from the five second gulp. Yeah? Yeah. What does that tell you? I mean, there's information there. Yeah. <laughs> time seems fucking real while I'm entertaining time. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I'm ha very happy to meet you, Lorraine. I I'm understand happy to meet you, too. I, I understand completely. Oh, yeah, thank I do. you. You know, because I just want to say, I met you a long time ago in uh, Newton, Massachusetts with this guy, Henry. Remember Henry? I think so. I remember Newton. He used to I drive me around. What? 
he used to drive you around, you know. Oh, Henry. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we had lunch one time, and that was a long time ago, yeah. I probably don't remember it because you didn't pay for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that new meeting. No, I, I, I almost don't remember the, I don't remember the lunch myself. I only know what happened, you know. And I oh, good, it. good. Yeah. I remember Henry, though. Henry was a nice guy. Yeah, he's still around. Oh, good, good. Yeah, he's still around, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you, Paul. Oh, you're, you're welcome, Lorraine. Yeah. Hang out, you know, if you if you stay or come back another time, there's like a meeting after the meeting and people are there and uh, you can probably have some good laughs uh, about seeking endlessly. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that What? What was that song? War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. You can say seeking. What is it good for? A lot of laughs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Glenda's up next. Who is it? Glenda. Oh, Glenda. Glenda. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Good. You? Uh, good, yeah. Um, I guess I wanted to share a bit and um, ask you a question. <laughs> um, a few weeks back, um, I guess I saw the the selfing, or it was seen more clearly, like really clear. Yeah. So, like, I know. So even that, like, that keeps happening. Like, I'll say I know, but. But what I saw was a number of times that, that the thoughts, they were, it's like they were generated an energy that pointed to the body. And so that happened quite a few times. And then it's like, felt like my brain was um, sending off like a bit of bliss or something. It was just popping. It was like, whenever I'd see it, it would pop. And then it was like quite like a big bit of space. Yeah. So I knew after that and after it happening a number of times, whoa, I'm not there. But it wasn't, it was just like, yeah, I'm not there. And I, like, even now I can see that it's pointing to me. But I can see that it's pointing. Everything yeah. I say. Um, but the seeing is only there or for for those thoughts or the thinking of it. And I was wondering with the, with feelings or emotions, I don't see, I don't see how it creates me, if you know what I mean in that. Well, it's used to make you, it doesn't create you. Yes. It makes you by claiming it, that's all. So I can see the feelings occur, sensations occur, and those sensations are claimed by the mental activity to imply mm -hmm. the feeler, and then the feeler has been crowned with the name Glenda. Yeah? Yes. And now Glenda has private feelings. 
That's what yes. it does. But feelings are a totally different uh, beast than thoughts, really. I was wondering, like, it really feels like the thoughts, they're pointing to the body, or the sense of me, the one. Whereas the feeling is already in the body. I can't... It well, it feels... doesn't matter, but because there's a lot more thoughts and feelings that are noticed. So the thoughts are using, they're used as a pointer a lot more to the idea of being the body. Yes. yes? Yeah. The feelings don't have, it's sort of like sound and vision, you know, vision, you see a particular object. This is that sound is sometimes very vague to recognize where it comes from, where it starts and stops. Yes because yeah. silence is like a sound also yeah but vision is much more easier to recognize uh the use of it by the mental state so okay. the same thing with feelings feelings have more of a they don't have an abrupt you know they don't have periods question marks exclamations yes they're a different they they're more like a bleeding or a a movement yes yeah so but the same principle recognized in the thinking is applied to the feelings okay and then you'll get free samples of that that being true yeah to the yeah, point yeah. that it'll be clear that that's what's happening okay yeah yeah see yeah. the whole point isn't to know it's, it's the whole point is to get to know to, to a certain point and then it moves from there. Yeah. You recognize uh, what's being put out. You recognize it by the samples. Yeah. So yes. if what we're putting out is there's, there's a quality of onness that's always on that would infer a certain timelessness. Yes. It doesn't seem like it came and doesn't seem like it goes anywhere. Yeah. And then there's things that ha that are in here and then they appear to be here and then they disappear and other things appear to be here. And that's more the ushering of time. Yeah. 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 And so when you see, the activity that we weren't aware of, you become aware of it through, let's say through this message, you see the mental state coming up in that timeless moment. Yeah. And it's like the, it's, it's activity is, is the engine of time, so to speak. They're synonymous. Yeah. So then it comes up and claims thoughts. Yeah and uses them to imply the thinker that all happens in time. Yeah. The context is the timelessness. The dreaming is, is of time. Yeah. So that's the content appearing in a context. Yeah. So you get, so now you're getting a sense of the content from the context, which is the whole point of the talks. We're trying to talk to what you are about what you're not, instead of talking to what you're not about what you are. So that would be talking to the context about the content, not to the, to, to the content about the context. Yeah? The, yeah. That's, that's the whole point. So 
you're reporting in your the whole point is the seeing in these examples is the dominant part of the whole event where usually the imaginary seer is and what was seen yeah so now you got a different flavor of the same event the event after it's been interpreted and emphasized seer seen you're actually it, you've experienced the pause of just the seeing yeah which is the whole point of the these talks in a way is to lead to free samples that will verify what we're sharing yeah yeah so you'll see it in a different way with the feelings the biggest the one of the the most the most stubborn uh, activity is the idea of being the doer, really, because the doer is is part of the idea of being the thinker, yeah. And the doer is the is the linchpin of the whole story, really, because if you weren't the doer of this life, whose life would it be anyway, yeah? So the whole story of you as an individual, Glenda, is based on free will of doing so to speak yeah i could have done this but i did this that makes me glenda no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> but but you can see so i like sounds a lot sounds i like a lot because uh i think vision is the strongest implement of the mental state seeing objects and then having them referred to this object. It's a pretty convincing uh, perceptual dance, yes? That I, I am definitely the one seeing Glenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the feelings are a little different, yeah. But you'll see the same principle will be noted sooner or later, yeah? The principle of claiming applies to all of it, all the, the whole thing. Okay. I've heard you say before, like that you can get a sense, like it's like a, a tiger creeping up, but you get, a, like, I feel like I know that creeping feeling of the, of on the thoughts, the claiming that the thoughts pointing to me. Yeah. But I really don't have a sense of it in the other areas well you'll see well all you the principle is the same for all the activities so if it yeah. shows if it shows a contrast in one it will probably show a contrast to the point where it's necessary you don't have to see everything all you got to do is see enough yeah and then a conclusion is occurs yeah a conclusion occurs yeah you recognize something and uh, you don't have to keep recognizing it. You've recognized it. And then there's, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. This isn't like vigilance. It's, it yeah. leads to, uh, I don't have to see 8,000 claimings. All I have to see is a few and recognize the mechanics of claiming. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. the point is you have recognized it it's just not known for you. The information's there. Hopefully this message triggers the application of that knowledge, yeah? So you realize, wait a minute, yeah? Because I've had the head stop many times 
and what continues, yeah? In physical experiences, like having my head get hit on the bottom and I have a history of concussions. So this one shut down my nervous system where I couldn't move my limbs and there was no production of Paul. I was like a fuck, I could have been an amoeba. Who knows what? I was just laying adrift in the water and there was, <laughs> it was just, and everything was framed in gold, in like a brilliance. Like the, it was almost like a Kodak moment after moment without Paul. <laughs> and then after three minutes or so, they brought me up on the beach and, uh, you know, the first thought I had from the selfing was, I can't afford the ambulance, <laughs> basically. So just let me die here because I can't afford It's going to be 30,000 bucks. I can't go to the hospital. This, I swear to God. So by its absence, the contrast was so obvious when it came up because it had been absent for a few minutes. And then I saw... It's completely, it's complete smallness, which is, you ever watch people ride a bike, especially if it's expensive, and if they start falling off the cliff, they try to save the bike. They don't give a shit about themselves. <laughs> save the, I spent $2,000. You'll roll down the cliff. You don't give, you see this, there's a lot can be revealed. Just see what it, this head has a whole different story than it's not, that, and it has the story that you're hearing, but it has another story. It doesn't give a shit about you, really. It values, of like, you know, you'll be, you're ready to die, but you'll save the cup of coffee. <laughs> so in a sense, the coffee's more valuable to you in that moment. Oh, I got that cup in Coney Island, you know. <laughs> it's insane. Oops, it just showed you a huge thing right there and then. <laughs> this is what I mean. You don't have to keep seeing it over and over. You just see it enough and then something occurs. And then there's your investigative period is over, so to speak. Yeah. And now you're just chilled out because some, some, a lot of floating assumptions that were mingling with some unconscious facts are cleared up. You things get clear. Like they say in Zen, blue will appear as blue and red will appear as red. You get clear about some fundamental things about this event. Not so much per personal units, but the dynamic of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, and it stands the test of time. I mean, I've had... it. It's open to come up for review. It never gets reviewed because it's just true. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's freaking awesome for some of those life-driving questions to be just muted and voided, yeah? Yeah. So you can just get on with being available now instead of trying to make yourself available to, to in a mythical future now. You're available now, yeah? Right where you are at all times. Glenda, I've seen a lot of you, so yeah.
just stay on the operating table. It seems to be working, yeah? Yeah, thanks so much, Bob. Oh, you're welcome, honey. Anytime. I'm serious. A lot of came out of you just now. So, yeah. It's good. Thanks, Glenda. I wish they were all live, you know. Zoom, it's harder to read because it has a different, there's a couple of different lenses in there. But you can, you can even see through Zoom uh, the message of its effects. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to, to have you here, Glenda, since the beginning. Yeah. I feel like we're so blessed to have this happen. Well, yeah. we are. Yeah. The, the fun part is, yeah. is to understand to that and honor, it and, yes. you know, honor it and have some fun with it. Yeah. 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 That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mike. Yes. Uh, Ram, you want to chat with Paul? <laughs> you want to chat with Paul? Yeah, I want to chat with Paul. Hey, Paul. Um, nice you to see you. You don't have to want to chat with Rob. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Where are you? I'm here. Oh, is this Ram? This is Ram. Oh, Ram. I yes. Was, I was willing to chat with Rob, but not Ram. No. <laughs> are you willing to chat with not Ram? <laughs> oh, yes. That's not Ram. Okay, I'll chat with I'll, I'll jump as not Ram. All right, that's, um, that's good. Okay, so last week was the first time I, I tuned into one of your meetings. I knew nothing about you. Um, I, I was, I, it was a bomb. It was a Satori bomb. I, I tried to talk with you briefly at the end. I didn't have much coherent to say. We just had a nice moment of connection. Um, the effect of that was, um, has been, um, it, rather something, you know, and I just, I, I'm, I had a few things come up, you know, one is I wanted to say to you, you're, you're from New York originally? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so, probably. Uh, right. So, so there's a way that I hear when you say this stuff, and I've been hearing it for years from many teachers. There was something in the way you say it, it has a accessibility that is more than accessible. It's just, this is true. I absolutely. Um, and it's like, you know, I know it's not me, but the whole story of me having gone from New York to India and come across, you know, all these teachings and also everything that you bring in around this, the service and the Ramana Maharshi, it's like exactly my, what has been the path exactly and then to hear it from a new yorker in this way that is just like so ridiculously fucking obvious that is it's really a trip to me um wow. yes and and you know the, the the thing that um you know i keep coming back to is this you make it very clear that there's no need to get rid of the self and and that that aspect of it is very important and the seeing of it is really here at this point that that the self that the reality is no distance from the from the supposed person 
it's not, it, it's, it's ridiculous to think that it can be any distance and that that, that person is just like a mask on the, on the nobodiness or reality, whatever you wanna call it. But there's no, the seeking is um, being more and more revealed as just, um, it doesn't go anywhere. There's really nowhere for it to go. So there's been a landing in a much deeper way in what is, is just feels natural and here. And, um, you know, Rob, let me, let me jump in a second though, too. Yeah. You know, in one aspect, if in the dreaming oneself out of the dreaming, there will be a lot of value, let's say in spiritual practices and stuff, but then there's some undercurrent that you may start feeling or sensing and then you hear it captured and pointed by non-duality and it's like if the shoe fits you wear it yes and so there's a lot of value in things and then at the same time because of duality there can be something else going on yeah and that something else going on is usually has to be revealed because it's not it's not readily available to see usually yeah even while you're in the spiritual practices you don't see how that which you're trying to get out of is being reinforced yeah you don't see the personalness that you're the one you're the reinforcing <laughs> Your your yeah. obsession with you is reinforcing that which you want to get out of. So uh, until you do, and then it's sort of like being in a spiritual shoe store. The shoe fits you. Wear it. Yeah, you know now. And you may have yeah. had a story your whole life. Well, my I have my spiritual shoes are size eleven, and yet you put on a size eight and it fits. So you got it. Hey. Fuck the, fuck the idea I was on 11. I'm a size eight. It doesn't matter. You, the fit is what matters, yeah? So something, uh, when I heard certain things, they stopped something. They stopped it. Now, they could have reunited and continued, but in this case, they didn't. So it stopped, and it never started again, yeah? So I heard, like I was at one side saying, the man came from a, a, a Zen lineage and he was talking about a famous saying. He says, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. Yeah. So I started feeling, well, I think he's pointing, to, talking to me. Hey? And then he says, it's even funnier than that. I'm a man standing in the river selling water. And I, I got it in a way and I left and I never saw that person again. Not out of any vow just out of i got it thank you got the <laughs> i got it why the hell am i buying water while i'm in the river you know <laughs> seems like it would be readily available yeah <laughs> <laughs> so now i could have heard that eight years ago and that which claimed to be the hero of it would have turned it into something yeah I'm at the wrong bend of the river. I got to get closer. You know, there's more work ahead to get where he is in the river. But in fact, I heard it at the right time and the shoe fit. And I, 
you know, I've, I've worn them ever since. And there was a number of them. So, you know, things have value. They always have value. Like, what can a failed system show you? It failed. That's valuable. Yeah? Everything has value, which I love. So, you know, I'm hoping that if it's not this Saturday or this Wednesday, we're going to catch you one Saturday or Wednesday, Wednesday where the shoe's going to fit. And then maybe there you go. Man. You know, it's sort of like that story, if you're into Ramana, about the person who's walking around and his foot really hurts. He stops and he looks at his, his heels, I mean his soul, and he sees a, a thorn. Yeah? So now he looks around and he finds another thorn and he pulls the first thorn out. He doesn't replace the first thorn with the second thorn. He throws both of them away. So this is sort of what non-duality is. Right. It's taking out the thorn of spirituality, yeah, not replacing it with another spirituality called non-duality. No, throwing both of the fuckers away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yes. there you have so so the the I have to say the first time of hearing this for me was 1990 from Papaji and complete yeah. stopping. The thing that is it was such a complete change from what uh, had been the experience for me that there was this years of whoa and then whoa I lost it how do I get it back yeah and yeah. Um, I think you know, it's taken a long time and much seeing of the futility of that. But at this point, there's very little interest in even entertaining. It's like, yeah, you're going to try to sell that to me again, that I have to do something to get something back. I mean, that just doesn't have any, that just, it's just not interesting anymore. And, and so there's a willingness to be like, okay, today I'm having a shitty day or this moment doesn't feel it. So what? That doesn't mean anything about, about anything. It's just... Yeah what my puppet's going through in the moment. So that's that's where it's going. I feel like I'm in this place of accessibility to hearing what you say, because I'm not trying to change myself to get to something. Yeah, yeah. Become something. And that's a great, huge relief, yeah? I mean, we may not know something's going on, but when you have relief, it tells you that what was going on that was causing there not to be relief. <laughs> that's usually, yes. it's like a reverse engineering thing. You find out the, about the problem from the solution. When you get relieved of it, then you start really knowing. It. You go, wow, I had no fucking idea that was my own vested interest, which was the biggest obscuring agent. What? Yeah, yeah but in fact, that was the case. Now, it may not be for someone else, but if it is for you, then you've parked at the right place. Yeah, yeah, that's all. I mean, this isn't like another draft. We're just saying, I, no. mean, uh, I mean, we're just putting it out there because this is what worked with me. And I, I wasn't a great spiritual seeker. I used my drug addiction as a, as, a, as a vehicle to compare to the other vehicles because I was a perfect drug addict. I would do anything uh, for Coke. I would take anything I had or you had and give it to, you know, I do, I... My devotion to cocaine was right up there with Hanuman and shit. I was uh, fucking up, uh, up there. With and, you know, I realized fundamentally you can't transcend an imaginary place. 
as an imaginary person. <laughs> <laughs> because if I could have, I would have. I would. I swear to God. And I know because I gave a hundred percent to that fucking thing, and it didn't work. So, and so why would I need to do that now with spirituality? There's they're just different vehicles of the same modality. Yeah. So, I learned a lot. I remember this time. Uh, there was a beautiful, they may still have it out, a beautiful Buddhist magazine called Tricycle. Beautiful, mm. nice, very nice uh, articles and stuff. And I had a, I got it and I was reading it and there was an op-ed from a famous Western meditation teacher. And he was decrying about this phenomenon that was a ha happening with him and all his old students. They were all getting in touch with them and they'd been with meditating for 25 years and telling him nothing's happened. So I just fucking, as soon as I read that, I pulled the emergency brake on the bus, got off that spiritual bus because fuck, I'm going to learn from others. <laughs> Am I going to be the, the one exception and it's going to work for me? No, thank you. you. You saved me a lot of time because I got off the bus. I'm not going to meditate for 25 years to come to the conclusion, nothing has changed. I'll just get, I'll get there now, yeah? So this is what happens. So here you are. I'm happy to meet you and uh, yeah. All right? Yeah. Super. Very nice to meet you, bro. Yeah. Likewise, brother. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I, in the past, if I met a teacher who made an impact on me, I would make something about some sort of story. Uh, now I have a teacher. And now it's like, I don't give a fuck, really. I mean, you're a super nice guy, but I don't need to have this, this, um, no, don't, don't, I on as, a, as another part of my persona. And it's like, who cares? You know, no, I'm more, I, I don't like the term teacher. I like huh? inviter. I'm inviting for people to entertain things. I don't want to be stuck by anything, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have nothing to do with this. I mean, I was just willing to be of help in recovery. And I noticed that something came through that I really had nothing to do with. And then it just progressed to different modalities called non-duality. But it's the same. I have the same experience I had 30 years ago of something moving through me that has nothing to do with me. And yeah. it's moving through me has nothing to do with my conditions or circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. willing to show up, it yeah. comes through. It doesn't have, it's not determined by my condition. It's determined by its condition, <laughs> which is well, much more yeah. reliable. It's a natural fulfillment. It has nothing to do with conditions. So yeah, that, I, that's been seeing happening here too. There's a, um, and, and I see you don't want anything. And that's, this makes me trust. Well, I want to money. Get <laughs> <laughs> into trading cryptocurrencies. That's what I've been I doing. Maybe um, not much, but I, it's nice. It's helpful. Keep up my lavish lifestyle. <laughs> you live in the Bay Area. I'm sure you need that. Uh, Bay Area, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, you met a woman named Mira who had been close to Papaji in the Bay Area some time ago? I did. I met Mira in the Bay Area, and I saw her in India in 2001, I think. I liked her, yeah. 
I hang out with her here in Portugal. I was talking with her today about you and I mentioned you and I said our friend Krishna, Hunchback Krishna, I'm sure you know, he, he said that, that you had met her and I thought, well, that's also far out. Here's another way I know I'm connected to this guy who I never met. There's like so many weird connections. Yeah, I don't think she remembered me. <laughs> she, she didn't, but she likes you. I sent her a video she, she, she really liked. Oh, uh, that's so good. That's nice. I like that. But yeah, I liked her. I met her in uh, Berkeley. And then I met her in India when I went to uh, Tiruvannamali. I saw her speak at the, in the afternoons. I liked her. I liked Carl Renz too. He was a nice guy. Carl was at your meeting last week. He was What's online. That? I'm sure he was because there was a picture of Arunachal that said Carl. And I actually, when I listened to you last week, I said, this guy sounds like Carl, just a little less extreme. I liked him. You know, I liked he was any person who can be funny concerning this topic in a second language is I have a lot of respect for. Because <laughs> he's one of the <laughs> it's not as easy as it may look, you know. It's uh yeah. So thank you, bro. But the message, I'm loving it, just that you can't get out of what you're not in. I mean, I just really Obviously, is so that's how can you explain all the failures? It's really. so it's so delicious. I mean, we've gone through the self-centered gauntlet where we're blamed for every fucking failure, but you've got to see the system has failed. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You can't get out of what you're not in. That's why it never worked. It wasn't because you didn't do enough or you weren't with the right person or anything. it had nothing to do with that. You were trying to get out of something you were not in. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the fundamental simplistic answer i love this i love this it's like you can't wake up from a dream that never happened so well that's yeah that's why and people are wait, trying to wake up from a dream that never happened right now <laughs> that's why they're having trouble waking up <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks for the great South song, man. I'll continue to, you know, to tune in. Yes, it's really, yes, really, yes. Really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Ram. Anybody else want to raise their hand? Elijo. Elijo. Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. Let me find you here. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me put the radio down. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. John Luna. Nice to see you, John Luna. You can hear me okay, right? I can. I'm trying to find you, but yes, I can hear you. He doesn't have I'm video. Traveling. Yeah, oh, I'm traveling. So I turn off. Oh, that's me. I, Thank you for that information. <laughs> um, I was blaming <laughs> myself not being able to find him. He doesn't have a video. Because I don't exist. No, um, the I'm traveling, so I turn my video off. Um, right. uh, it's probably the wrong format to ask, but because I totally get what you're saying. Uh, but at the same time, um, I joined uh, AA two days ago, and right. they start talking about spirituality, and I know it's all bullshit, so it's kind of hard. It's contradicting what they're trying to make me do versus what I know of what you're saying or what I don't know of what you're saying. 
but uh, does that make sense? But Steve, now you're going to run into the uh, tale of two worlds. The T-A-L-E, tale of two worlds. The, the world of the action worlds. figure. If it has alcoholism and addiction, uh, I think it would come to the best result through the program. Now, non-duality illuminates whatever path you're on, but it's really not a path to illumination. And Correct. the action figure, if it has real, if it has real addiction and real alcoholism, it's going to need a way of life because it's got a, it has some deep mental grooves there that are going to repeat themselves. Yeah, no matter how much spiritual knowledge you digest, uh, you may have to render unto the Caesar of the body what's due to the Caesar. So it's sort of like someone who wakes up and is diabetic. Do they stop taking insulin? No, because they see it's a problem of the body. So they take the, di they take the insulin. Well, the same thing. Uh, I've just, my own experience of witnessing a lot of people coming into recovery and coming into these satsangs, uh, the mental state would love to get a substitute for the program of recovery. So if it can just say there is no self, so therefore, but then they, you, a lot of them end up drunk. Yeah. So I would, uh, not try to compare the two, see what one has to offer and see what the other has to offer. Yeah. yeah. But not, don't put it, it's not either, it's not either, it's not an exclusive thing, it's an inclusive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. in case, because I'll tell you, The first, the, the last person that's super surprised is the one that goes out. They can't do it justice what it's like when that parasite takes them over again and they're fucking really, really bummed out and surprised. And some, sometimes the craving kicks in and then they're, uh, they're screwed. So, and all the knowledge that was in the head deserts them. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, yeah, it doesn't work. So I don't know what state you're in, but try to see the similarities in AA and don't worry about what they're saying because you're going to give the spirit to it. Yeah. You're not going to have it their way. You're going to have it your way. Yeah. And uh, I've gone for 33 years and uh it's given to me on a certain level of like the action figure level, a sense of belonging, connectedness, purpose that yes, in the absolute means nothing, but in the relative has a lot of value because it gives, allows the value, allows a balance and a sense of okayness or wellness for the body itself and the brain. And uh, I wouldn't underestimate that. That's, that goes a long, long way. So, yeah. Give yeah. it a little more time. You've only been there for three or four days. 
yeah, yeah. Take yeah. some suggestions, and maybe the service aspect is very important. Yeah, yeah, a lot of confusion, and uh, especially when they talk about God, and it's like, okay, that's your story. Yeah, yeah. You know, we but say, okay. you know, you can take what you like and let go and leave the rest. So at that point, yeah, you're going to have a yeah. higher power of your own understanding. It's not theirs. And then see what works for you. And, and, uh, but, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Yeah. And they, come, they become to the Tuesday, Thursday ones we have, which are more recovery based. Yeah. Yeah. I will. But, uh, it's so new. I couldn't wait to, cause, uh, I've been watching your videos and yeah, you're great. Thank you. All right, bro. Well, if you know, if you stay later, uh, give Mike your information and he'll give you mine. And if you need, you can call me. Oh, great. Thank you. All right. Thank welcome. you. But I, but I will, but I will not make you a teacher. Thank you. No, no, just, just make me lunch. That would be good. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I'll see you later. Anybody else want to raise their hand? I want to, can I share something, Mike, a thing on a more personal note? You know, active, active addiction, you know, the original one is the addiction, you know, the head's addiction to self, to me. It causes a lot of uh, agitation that you may have grown used to or think is normal. And that agitation, uh, attracts a lot of attention and interest and a lot of that attention and interest goes into denial and shit like that and so you become in some respects very preoccupied with you and then so anytime anything else is offered you you only see it in a way of how can i get an advantage of it yeah that's uh that doesn't work with non-duality you can't use non-duality to get out of something you think you're in as that thing that thinks it's in, you know, you just, it doesn't work well. I don't, I don't find it because it's just, it's like a mood. It's like an addict going to the dealer's house at two in the morning, you know, banging in, bringing a fucking broken TV or something, trying to get a hit. There's a lot of spiritual addiction and we're all trying to get out of self as self. Yeah. And you come up with a, this new novel idea called non-duality. And the first thing, the mental reaction to it is, how can I take advantage of this fucking thing? So, so if I'm not a self, I can't be an alcoholic there for blah, blah, blah. But then you're still screwed. It doesn't change anything. Yeah. Because what's holding the idea is the problem. It's not sinking in. You're not getting non-duality. Yeah, you're getting an idea from duality. It's not working. Yeah, so I've heard this thousands of times. And uh, there was a thing called Naropa. I've never heard of Naropa Institute in Colorado. I was there like when it was opening up and stuff. So I remember it. And it was started by these people from Trunkpa Rinpoche a Tibetan dude. 
And this guy years later, I was speaking and this guy came up to me and he was telling, he talked to me about this because I was saying about how people try to use Buddhism not to drink and they become drunk Buddhists. Yeah. And so he was telling me that he was there at the beginning of this Naropa Institute. And there was a large group of people who were addicts there. And some of them just decided they'd get out of their addiction through Buddhism and the others practiced the Buddhism and went to recovery. And all the Buddhists got fucking loaded. That's what he told me. And I and it verified my sociological study over the years. Yeah? Why? Wait a minute. Because the head was trying to replace something with Buddhism that doesn't fit, didn't fit. Yeah? They were off, they were introduced to the solution, recovery. And they wanted to repackage something and change it. Yeah? So, I've just seen a lot of people, yeah, whatever. Thanks. Mike, have you, you left? No, I'm here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Yes. Oh, uh, Anu just raised her hand. All right. This will be it, eh? Okay. Who raised the hand? Anu. Anu. Hey, hey Paul. Paul, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Uh, sorry, this is not Anu. This is Anu's husband, Purna. Um, she's not here, but I thought I'll ask a question. I've heard you on the YouTube, uh, you know, on quite a few episodes and, you know, love your talk. Um, one question that I have is that um, we're living in a in a world where you know we're going to work and raising the family and you know doing all the day-to-day -day stuff and so I see the world divided into two separate universes, so to speak. One is the world that I live in, which is so-called real world, right? We go to work, you see things, you feel the you know emotions and perceptions and all those things. Uh, but the second world, which is the, let's say, the, the spiritual world, the non-dual world, so to speak, where you, you're kind of practicing or trying to practice non-duality or spirituality, but there's a dichotomy. You know, there, there are kind of two different universes that I'm straddling between the two. How do you deal with that kind of situation? Do you have any suggestions and ideas on uh, how to deal with well, yeah. why don't you why don't you ask who is it that's trying to deal with these two things? Right. So uh, when you are in the so-called real world, you forget about yeah. who, you are, who I am. Right. Uh, that is not a constant message. You tend to forget that. So you got to remind yourself, and then you know. But it's pretty difficult to you know uh, go back and forth between between the two. But you tend well, to. But so who is it difficult? That's that. We're not saying it's not difficult, but to who is it difficult? It's the, the virtual person that I am, right? Oh, there, all right, there you go. So the virtual person thinks there's two worlds, but the idea of non-duality negates that duality. Right. It doesn't put it into a, an antagonistic conflict. It negates both. Yeah. 
Right. That's that's the message of non-duality. It's a it's a it's non not two. So you said there's two worlds as a you know just as an example of an experience. Well, that that basic starting assumption is what's negated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it, it's just kind of keeping that message in the front, you know, in the foreground. No, you don't have to because that's the that's what you're not trying to remember something. Yeah, just reckon, just see that it's not, you know, there was years and years and years ago, I was in Bombay, yeah? I went to see a guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, Ramesh Balsika. He wrote some very good books. Uh, I, I like this one book, Who Cares? But I went to see him in Bombay. And uh, years and years and years later, some lady that knows me sent me a video of him. And I wondered why. And then when he asked this person a question, I answered. And so it was one of the satsangs I was at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, he used to lose interest in giving satsang. So they'd have one of his people would be down where people were before they went up to his apartment and asked, are there any new people? Because he's tired of talking to these old people. So I was a new person. So they put me in a chair. So him and I were going to have a, a dialogue. So he asked me questions. Do you have any, you have a place to stay? Because he always made sure the action figure was all right. Yeah. Because he said, it's pointless to come to satsang if you're starving. You need to go get some food. Yeah. So he said, do you have a place to stay here? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he started asking me something. And he says, all right, Paul, uh, do you work? Which was, I didn't really, but I made something up. I said, all right, yeah, I'm a paint contractor. And he says, okay. And do you have a home? I go, yeah, I have a place to live. And he says, all right, so let's call, so when you leave home to go to work, do you have to keep remembering you have a home do, the whole day during work? No, because you know you have a home, yeah? Even though you're working, like in this other world, it doesn't mean that, the, that this other world negates this world. I have a home. And he said, all right, this is sort of like the impersonal presence, yeah? And the personal presence. So the personal presence is going to these two worlds, but the impersonal presence is the context of those two worlds, yeah? So when I'm seemingly in the world of working and stuff like that, I'm really in the context of, yes, the impersonal presence. If I'm in you know, vacation time, I'm in the impersonal presence, yeah? Now, does the personal presence have to keep remembering that it's in the impersonal presence? No. If you realize you're not the personal presence, <laughs> you don't care if it's remembering or not remembering <laughs> because it doesn't have its main influence anymore as you, yes? So now the basis of the two worlds is the impersonal presence while you have a personal one world and a personal two world and you're trying to come to grips with this and that, yeah? The negation of both of those are from the, the impersonal context, yes? Right. So don't waste your time trying to remember the impersonal context as the personal. That's remembering the personal.
<laughs> Just know you're not. And then that's the knowing or the being of the impersonal using his terminology. I thought it was very good. I hadn't, I don't even know how I took it when I heard it, but that's how I took it when I saw the video a couple of years ago. Yeah. He was telling me, chill out, Paul, all's well. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you don't have to try to get non-duality. You are of non-duality. It's a different ball game. Yeah. This is it not, this is not a topic for duality to try to master. It's a negation of the studier of the topic. <laughs> Non-duality as a topic negates the studier of the topic. That's what it does. That's beautiful. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's like uh, when you are in the world, you kind of so occupied and, you know, intensely involved. And then once in a while you get anxious or stressed out then you say well you know that's not really i am that's not my attribute and well neither are neither of them are they're phenomena but they're happening in a larger context yeah yeah so what brings a what brings a looseness to each aspect of phenomena the expansive and the contractive is the contextual base yeah by recognizing it's not you in the, con in, in the contextual base, it's seeing you're not the you that's in the others, yeah? That's the beauty, yeah? Right. See? Because you are the contextual base. It's not like you have to arrive at the contextual base. You just have to see you're not the thing that thinks it's left the contextual base. That's all, yeah? Yep. That's what allows you to travel lighter. Is not learning incredible amount of skillful means and the and the speed to apply them every day, but really the traveling lighter comes from the otherness of what we are, which is in this context called the impersonal presence. And it allows the personal presence to travel lighter to the two worlds as you were describing. Yeah. Yes, not because it's found the lightness in the two worlds, but it's brought the lightness from the context into those two worlds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the feeling is different. The way it moves is different, totally different. Yeah. It's the only thing that worked. Everything else, every other solution I had dem demanded more of a solution. This put an end to needing any solutions. It's fucking awesome, man. It was, it's been the last answer for a long time concerning this, concerning this topic. And the last answer takes away the need for any other answers. That's the last answer, yeah? It doesn't lead to a new last answer. It takes away the need to have any more answers. That's an incredible answer, yeah? That's why I like to say the liberation is really from the need to be liberated. You, you're freed from the need to be liberated, really. Yeah. In those two worlds, there can be a need to be liberated. Yeah. But the context frees you from that need to be liberated in those two worlds. Yeah. yeah. That's the true liberation is the, from the need to be liberated in the duality. 
Well, thanks, thanks Paul. Yeah, Thank you. Very helpful. Thank you. Sure. All right, Mike. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to take off, I think. Hey, Kenneth, I want to thank you a lot for the cash. Appreciate it. And all the others who haven't donated, I have certain feelings about you I can't share. So I'll keep them to myself. Let's see. Let me say hello to everybody. There's Norman. Nice to see you, Norman. Always a pleasure. Tommy, I can't see you. It's just a brownish screen. Linda. Nice to see you, Linda. Nice to see you, Paul. I just want to say you are the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, uh, yes. well, I want to say thank you. you. <laughs> thank you, honey. We got Ben. Nice to see you, Ben. We got Peter F. Nice to see you, Peter. Thanks for joining us for, uh, for the times you do. I appreciate your attendance. We got Christine. Nice to see you, Christine. Hi, Paul. Nice Thanks. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Glenda. Always good to see you, Glenda. Tariq from Dover, New Jersey. Uh, I like Tariq. Gary. Gary, once again. Man, thanks. I love that ATM in the corner. I appreciate it. Very nice. I didn't know it had one. Uh, I would have gone to the corner more often. So we got Roman. Nice to see you, Roman, from Germany. Always a pleasure. Thanks for all the support. Mike C., fantastic to see you somewhat up. Very nice to see you there. We got Stefan on Having Never Left, as always. Natalie. There she is, yes. Uh, Ram, it's a pleasure to meet you, Ram. Rachel, nice to see you again, honey. You're traveling all right? Oh, good, good. Happy to hear that. Evandro, nice to see you, Evandro. You're looking comfortable and relaxed. Macaulay, as always. Macaulay seems like a joyous type. Very nice. Nice to see you, hon. Ah, uh, yeah, but joy is the baseline, though. Pretty good. Yeah. We got Chris, the Chris, the man before the small closet. Yes. We got Anu. Nice to meet you, Anu. Come back, I hope, if you like. Matthew, as always, nice to see you. James, nice to see you there. Joseph, nice to see you, my friend. Nina, fantastic. Thank you all for all the support. You're out. You have a lovely, I've been released. You have a lovely uh, sky in L.A. You know, it's always beautiful here. Yeah. We don't appreciate it. Yeah. We're going to yeah. bring you here soon, Paul. Yes? No, I'm hoping uh, we want to come down again. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yes, for sure. We'll talk about it. Eh? Yeah. Good, good, good. We got Mike C. Nice to see you, Mike. We got Josh from Australia, as always. DeLorean. Nice to see you, Josh. Stuart B. Sylvester, the man before the blind. Uh, we've got Amelia, the love of my life. Lorraine and Mark. Uh, let's see. Aligio, I think from Vancouver, 
Verena from Germany, Keith from uh, Idaho. Woohoo! Uh, everyone else, thank you. Appreciate and, and Tommy, it. So, let's uh, assume. It was a nice, it was a nice <laughs> session today, eh? And I'm going to say, Tommy yes. lets us know that his, his camera and mic on the computer are broke. He'll get it fixed one of these days. But he can hear everything. Oh, uh, great, great. Well, tell him, uh, tell him we said hello. Yes. Hey, everyone, not John K. I didn't see you guys. Johannes, Robert, French, Bernard, Kerry, Judith, as always, Lorraine. Oh, that was like Murderer's Row. Yeah, these are stunning <laughs> characters. All right. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul.